welcome back to Grid Iron Gamble, the only podcast that puts its money where its mouth is. I'm your host, Rich Ryan, and I'm joined by the entire collective, the disciple, Brett Colson, Donnie, D.P. Peters, and the resident moose himself, Mo Nuara. There was a very important game not too long ago. I think we got, we're going to be the first podcast on planet Earth to recap the big game, the Super Bowl. Actually, we're not. We're we're last. Will there will there be anybody else that dissects this game later than the Gridiron Gamble podcast? Is there anybody on the planet Earth? Is is there any life source revolving around the sun that is going to recap the Super Bowl later than us? Not anyone who hasn't done it before. <laughs> this is insane. I think uh how long does it take light? Doesn't it take like a few years for light to move? Oh, that's true. So like, there's aliens that are still watching like 1990 and shit. Yeah, they're grinding Terry Bradshaw tape right now out in space. That's a very fair point. I can't it's wait. It's got to be like a football analyst in a coma right now somewhere, right? <laughs> Brett just took a dark turn for the podcast. Brett's been watching too many uh, Oscar flicks. Too much three billboards influencing that dark take there. Yeah, so we're going to... Uh, uh, how much tequila that night, Donnie? Minnesota, correct? I was. Scene of the crime. I was there. All right. So I wasn't at the actual game, but yeah. So take take us through. You were there for the weekend. Uh, obviously, the Philadelphia Eagles won the Super Bowl. Surprisingly, the city did not burn down, despite Philly natives being the most vile on planet Earth, according to Donnie Peters. Talk about Talk about the weekend, being in Minnesota. Did you stumble upon any Philly fans? Did you get into any trouble? Set the scene for us, DP. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I was I was surprised with the Philly fans. I, I didn't expect them to be as jolly, happy-go-lucky as they were. Uh, I also saw, I mean, what I think were a ton of fans. It was really surprising that a lot of people in Minnesota who were from Minnesota and were Vikings fans after I, you know, I talked to them, the Super Bowl party that I went to, we show up there, we start playing some poker, and all of a sudden I look around and, Next thing you know, I'm the only person in the room. Sorry, there was one other person, and he was like a seven-year-old kid who had a Patriots jersey on. Me and that kid. That was it. And everyone else had Nothing. really confused. What kind of party is this? Nothing. I on. was. Sorry, you know what I mean. No, I don't know what you mean. This is Super Bowl <laughs> weekend, baby. Well, you know, they get funky up in Minnesota. What can I say? So, so I start talking to all these people with Eagles fans, you know, and just kind of feeling it out. And, and I come to find out that none of them are actually Eagles fans. They're all people from Minnesota, and they're actually Minnesota Vikings fans. Wait, what? Yeah, they were just... Some of them had worked on some project for the Eagles at one point, and I, I, don't, I don't know. Didn't, didn't for whatever just, reason, they were Eagles fans that day. It was really fucking weird. Didn't okay. they just get curb-stomped by the Eagles? Yeah, I was like, so wait, you want the team to win that just beat your ass? I mean, I don't get it, but okay. I, I just don't get it. But yeah, whatever. So, yeah, so it was fun until, you know, the last, I don't know, the Super Bowl is fine the first half. I don't necessarily care what happened. I mean, especially after you saw what happened last year. It's just kind of like, yeah, whatever. Um, as long as they're kind of in the game, then then we'll right. I mean, definitely don't ever want to be in that position again. But uh, this year, you know, yeah, okay, they didn't look good, the Patriots, but it was fine from my perspective. But then as the game kept going on and then the Malcolm Butler news was not providing any help to my heart and my stomach. I was getting worried and worried and worried and more worried. And yeah, next thing you know, the game was over and they lost and it sucked. I mean, what can you say? 41-33, the final. Insane amount of scoring, insane amount of points. One more thing from UDP and then we'll start shuffling around. There are two minutes and 21 seconds on the clock. Pats get the ball back on their own 25-yard line. They're only down five. You're at peak confidence, right? This is this is Brady March, another Super Bowl moment, slam dunk, another ring. How much did you pine for Jimmy G right then? <laughs> I, did, I, I didn't need to pine for Jimmy G right then. You definitely want Brady in that spot, at least until Jimmy G gets it. Few reps under his under his belt for another season or two, and then, and then we can put him in. But yeah, I mean, I, I felt confident. I mean, I, I didn't feel super confident because I know that 
those situations are hard. And thankfully, the Patriots have the greatest quarterback of all time who can put them through those situations in a positive manner year after year. But ones that made the play and New England didn't. But, you know, really in the back of my mind, I was like, this is, I was like, if this happens again, man, I was like, these motherfuckers in this gridiron gamble chat, they need to just, <laughs> they need to realize. Like, if this, I was, I was, I was hoping more than I was like confident that it was going to happen, that it did happen because I just wanted to shut you guys up. Most, most importantly, you, Rich. That's why I wanted it to happen so bad. So bad. Did but, you know, uh, the Patriots signed Aaron Rodgers, Rich? They did? Seems he unlikely. Said they have the greatest quarterback of all time. Oh. I must have missed that. Whenever anybody starts waxing poetic about Brady, I just kind of, my brain just goes into the same, basically the same REM mode when when you go to sleep and your brain shuts down. That's normally there's a node on there that, that it just clicks off whenever someone's waxing poetic about the most overrated player to ever sit behind center. Uh, Nick Foles, man, just stones. Let's go to Brett here. When we started the playoff podcasts. We looked for a future that we liked, and there he was. Brett Colson said that Nick Foles was the best backup in the league. He liked the Eagles, thought that they could go all the way. Brett, congratulations. What did you what did you did you enjoy this game? It seemed like there was way too much scoring for everybody in this chat. We we like more of a balanced effort, but from a narrative perspective, did you enjoy this game, Brett? Not really. I enjoyed the coaching matchup. I thought Doug Peterson was tremendous. Uh, he went toe-to-toe with the GOAT. Uh, his in-game decision-making was aggressive, exactly what it needed to be, and that was fun to watch. That dude has brass balls, and you've got to give him credit for it. Uh, and I hope we see more of that play calling going forward. Yeah, Nick Foles was awesome. I mean, Nick Foles is good at football. Like The people who just gave up on this team after Carson Wentz went down are insane. He, he was the best backup quarterback in the NFL. He probably would have started for half the teams in the league. So I just I didn't see much of a drop off there. And I was not surprised that the Eagles came through. I think it really goes to show how important. I mean, coaching in any other sports league, is it as important as it is in football? I tend to think not. Like, no. Like, look at. Not no, only, because of Stone Age rule. Not, yeah. And like competition of coaching. Right. Like you can gain such an edge because there's so many coaches making mistakes in the That's NFL. That's what I'm saying. This is like if if the NBA was Mike D'Antoni and then everyone else was Larry Brown. <laughs> taking Larry Brown out, uh, <laughs> sweep the leg. Well, actually, I used to like Larry Brown back in the day, but just, you know, the game passed him by. Nowadays, you can't just, you know, play slow and get long twos and throw it into the post and shit. You know what I mean? It's just like that. Like, look at the Rams and Eagles. A meteoric rise with the coaching change. Both teams. And then even this offseason, which we're going to get into into a second, what both of the Rams and Eagles are doing, they're viciously aggressive, and they're both trading, which is something that these NFL franchises in the past, we always, as fans, I mean, Dan Levitard says this all the time, we, we've started to fall in love with the transaction rather than the action, and it's one of the things that football has kind of lagged behind, another NBA thing, is the NBA, there's always trades, there's always movement, it's really exciting for the fans. Well, now, it's starting to seep into the NFL, and it's being led by two teams that are super active and are looking for value at every turn. The, the Eagles were kind of like this last year. They were the only team making multiple trades, making multiple moves, and Howie Rosen just... He doesn't give a damn, and of course, on the field, uh, the coaching staff is uber aggressive as well. So it's, I mean, it they're just to steal a term from uh, Joe Lacob. There seems like the Eagles are like light years ahead of everybody else, and now they're basically tied with the Patriots, who are on a downswing because Brady's older, Belichick's older. So I don't know, man. This, this Eagles team could be here for a long time, and they have basically all their starters signed. Uh, and the one semi-starter that's probably going to go, Vinny Curry, they just you know replaced him with Michael Bennett. So whatever. <laughs> no problem. DP, will will is this going to be a rematch next year? Is this going to can we just pencil in Eagles Pats again next year, DP? 
Not if the Patriots don't get some fucking linebackers out there. I mean, who's going to contend in the AFC? Now that Bortle Service is back in Jacksonville. Why can't they compete again? Yeah, I mean, why can't? I I thought about them too. Who, the Jags? Yeah. I mean, they're just the, You do- were the one that was the highest on the Jags in the universe. And then they, they did. I mean, they did better than even you expected, I think. And then now you're just going to shit on them again? I think they're capped as long as that guy's playing quarterback. Like, he's not even competent enough. Like, they need a... Doesn't even want to name him. They need a... No, I can't. They need a competent quarterback. Uh, I I always downplay the position. Yeah, but if, I, they, if they keep everything the same and get A-Rob back... No, I don't think... He ain't oh, coming back. I don't... Yeah, he's getting... He's moving on. And I don't think a receiver pushes them over the line. You need competent quarterback play. I, I think the quarterback position is pretty overrated. I think you can get by with league average and win. I mean, we kind of saw that through the playoffs and the Super Bowl with Nick Foles, but you need league average. And Blake Bortles is not league average. He's horrendous. What about the Texans? I hmm, I like the Texans. See, there you go. If Deshaun, I mean, that's the thing with the Texans, right? Is And that's why they're interesting. We'll talk about Super Bowl futures. Let's just, fuck it. Let's just fire, fire some futures now. Uh, as we get into the future is now the upcoming season. Yeah, the future is now. I am really interested in Houston because it's one of those tickets uh, at twenty-five to one. It's one of those tickets where, yeah, it could literally go up in flames in the first quarter of the season because Deshaun Watson uh, didn't come back from injury, and maybe JJ Watt will never be the same again. However, if you get both, maybe? The, if you if you get both of those guys back. Like, is there a team in the NFL that from week 17 to week one could have two impact players of that talent level, both on both sides of the ball, just placed onto the field? I don't know, man. Are we sure Deshaun Watson is good? He's played five, six games yeah, in the NFL. Oh, I don't think he's elite. I'm not one. I'm not one of these elite truthers, but I think he's certainly league average plus. Like he's he's fine. He's got a big arm. He can move. You know, I think he's gonna make some mistakes. But I mean, that Seattle game. I know it wasn't your granddad Seattle, but dude went into CenturyLink and just dropped forty on them in one of the most fun games of the year. Yeah. That was incredible. I mean, that was that was ridiculous what he did. And, and of course, Watt. We we all know what he can do. I mean, JJ Watt is. is one, I, he's like the pioneer of um, QB pressures being a stat in the NFL because on top of all the sacks that he's got, I mean, the, ty- the types of pressure that he gets on the quarterback and the way he collapses the pocket, like he's a he's a total game changer. But obviously with a back injury, uh, you never know what you're going to get. So I am intrigued at the Texans. Until they shore up that offensive line, they are drawing dead. Yeah, I don't see how they can do anything with that O-line. And then, like you said, Rich, uh, you originally brought this up, man, ages ago, I think. You just said these back injuries. Yeah, man. They just don't... It's not like an ankle or whatever, and an elbow, some other joint that you can just, like, wait it out. I, I think, like, it's possible that he's done. No, for sure. J.J. Watt may never play a meaningful snap of football ever again and your ticket if you like the Houston future could be in flames during the first quarter of the season but there's also a chance that they they both come back they're both really tough on their side of the ball and uh they boost the Texans Mo where are you liking what team are you liking as a I mean super early future for next I have I have many thoughts on these futures let's go um you took notes and then Donnie slept through them yeah, yeah. I worked hard and uh I have not let Donnie forget it. Okay, first of all, why are the Patriots five to one? This is insane. Um especially when you compare them to the Eagles, ten to one. They had just a plain old better football team uh than the Pats. So that right there I'm having a hard time understanding. Um I guess that there is the fact that the Pats are in the AFC. Uh like you said, Rich, everyone that the Eagles are losing is eminently replaceable. I mean, 
this team is going to look basically the same next year. And beyond that, uh, the Vikes. Man, the Vikes. Why are the Vikes 14-1? to They have one of the cleanest caps in the league. I mean, obviously the QB situation is kind of up in the air, but the rest of the team is so strong. And we saw how that can carry you, uh, you know, with the Eagles. So the Vikings being 14-1 to does not make much sense to me. And then can we... Can we talk about the most egregious line? We can. I don't know if you guys have been looking, but one of the worst futures <laughs> you will ever find. Please, guys. All of you listeners out there. Is this Jimmy G? I love you. Yes. <laughs> Yo, what is what this 49ers is, line? What guys? is this? Can you guys please tell me what's happening here? Somebody <laughs> help me understand this line. Tell the people the what they are. The 49ers are 18 to 1. 18 to Why, 1. They should be 50 to 1. <laughs> Brett, Donnie, Rich, somebody help me here. I don't, they haven't lost in a while. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Aren't they like 6 and 0 with Jimmy or 5 and 0 with Jimmy? <laughs> oh I mean, come on, God. man. 18 to 1. Well, I, I, see, I see 20 to 1 and 25 to 1. So, but still. I'm seeing. I'm, I'm with you guys. I'm seeing the f- Niners above teams like the Falcons, Cowboys, Texans. <laughs> it should be fifty to one. Panthers, Chiefs, Chargers, Broncos. If if you bet the 49ers to win the Super Bowl, if if you're thinking about clicking on that, just walk away and never make another bet. <laughs> I can't wait till the 49ers win the Super Bowl and we can play this audio next year. Um. Yeah, this is just terrible, though. I mean, really, this is one of the worst slides. This team is so far from being ready to compete for a title. I mean, I'm not saying that they're not going in the right direction because they certainly are. And I, I've always been a fan of Garoppolo, but this is this line is craziness. Um, on the on the positive side, uh, some some lines that I'm looking at early, uh, the Falcons at 17 to one look decent to me. Uh, we saw that this team. Although they did underperform in the regular season, man, they played really well against the Eagles in the playoffs. And uh, yeah, that was on the road and could have very easily been a win for them. And then who knows what happens after that. Uh, they need to replace, retool their defensive line. It looks like uh, Dontari Poe, Adrian Claiborne appear to be, I don't know if like they're just gone or... The Falcons might still re-sign them or what the deal is there, but that was a major uh that was a major disappointment, really, because the Falcons looked like they had enough talent to at least be league average on defense. And although they played much better in the playoffs, they were terrible for most of the season. So uh interested to see what happens there, especially in a tough division. Carolina 30 to 1. They're bringing pretty much the same team back. Probably fall into that trap again. Um, and then, I don't know, maybe the Ravens, 40-1. to 1, You know, they had just such poor health luck last year. Um, they it, it seems like such easy improvement to just pick up some, like, receivers with a pulse and, and maybe get to a league average offense. Obviously, the problem is the Joe Flacco contract. It's just, it's just so brutal. It's just such an anchor dragging that team down uh and man i was looking at over the soonest they can get out of it looks to me i mean i'm not like that great at reading these nfl cap sheets um but like i was going over the contracts and i it looks to me like the soonest they can get out of it is 2020 and and at that point like they would still owe him eight million from what from what i read so yeah uh that's hell man that was definitely one of the worst contracts that's ever been signed Ozzie Newsom's last year as general manager, and then he'll step into uh, more of an executive role, even above GM. So maybe one last swan song. I mean, Harbaugh and Ozzie are just pillars of consistency, and last year was a weird one for Baltimore, so I can definitely see them bouncing back. The division's not that great. The Steelers are fake good. The Browns are obviously awful, and the Bengals are the epitome of league average led by the most average quarterback ever. <laughs> so, yeah, I think it could be a year we see Baltimore bounce back. Burt Minotti, 
serve up some Super Bowl futures for the fans. Well, you guys know I love my long shots. I, I think the Redskins are pretty interesting at 80-1 to 1 at the Westgate. This is a team coming off an injury-ravaged season. The entire offensive line was hurt during one stretch of 2017. Jamison Crowder played hurt half the season. Jonathan Allen, Chris Thompson, Jordan Reed, obviously, Moe's guy. There has to be some value in this price at 80-1 to 1 because I, I agree with Rich. Rich liked this team last year. They just didn't put it together. And really, I had no idea what to do with them week to week because there were so many question marks. It could be uh, it could be a team that sneaks up some, on some people. Um, outside of that, I think the Bucks kind of fall into the same category at sixty to one. A lot of talent on this team on both sides of the ball. If they can stay healthy, they could. Uh, I think they could be a playoff team. Post type sleeper. Yeah, I mean they yep. are coming into the last season. Everybody was on this team. Now, like most said, this could be a, a sleeper that you know, sneaks into the playoffs and they could do some damage rule of post hype sleeper. That's why I want the Niners to go two and 14 this year. I want them to be awful so that people kind of forget about how good Kyle Shanahan is. And they forget that Jimmy G ripped off this six game winning streak so that they can have some value in, uh, in 2019. But yeah, I, the bucks are, are super interesting. That division is always wide open and for the taking it's so competitive that I can certainly see them stepping up. And then, yeah, with the, with the slurs, like they were, it seemed like they were so close to being at least good last year. And they just weird things kept happening, but I don't know. Well, they had such a good O line, but everyone kept getting hurt. Right. But partly, I mean, part of that is roster construction, right? Because Jordan Reed, he, always gets hurt like that's just kind of the player that he is and then in the backfield I guess you can't fault them too much for swinging and missing on P Ryan because he's a rookie but you can't have you can't give the ball to Chris Thompson with that type of frequency and not expect him to break you know you you have to have some backs back there that can that can take a bit of a hit uh, a bit of a uh, some hits throughout the season and yeah, but on the lines, though, their O-line got ravaged, and then Jonathan Allen on the other side. I mean, they just got wrecked up front by injuries. And, I mean, does anybody in this podcast think either the Cowboys or the Giants are good? You know, I think the Giants, the Giants will be better this year, obviously. I mean, how can you get Oh, that's worse? real fucking hard. I still, have, <laughs> I still have massive concerns about that defense. Uh, and the Cowboys, I, you know, that... Uh, they suck. They're yeah. They, they you can only rest your laurels on a unit for so long, and that line's getting older. I mean, we saw the departure of two players last year in the off season. Dak isn't very good, you know. So the Cowboys are in trouble. Obviously, the Eagles are great, but I think there's more inroads than people think for the slurs in that NFC East. All right, DP, cap us off. Give us some. Super Bowl 53 futures that you like. So right off the bat, I mean, listen, I, I love what the Eagles are looking to do this offseason. Uh, I just, you know, if you're going to bet on them, the odds are just not as much in my favor that I would like. So I'd stay away from them. I mean, you guys brought up the fact that the Patriots are at the top of the board again. I'd also stay away from them. Just too short of odds for me to like. Uh, so looking for better odds, I, I like the Rams at 18 to one. I see on one side, uh, 20 to one on another side. I mean, Gurley was awesome last year. McVay certainly looked like he's uh, pretty sharp and he gave uh, Goff a really good chance to, to be a decent quarterback. And now they've added Marcus Peters and Aqib Tlaib. I mean, they're just looking to add pieces and make a push for it. You know, second year with McVay and Goff together. I really like this team uh, in, an, in an NFC that's, you know, outside of the Eagles. I mean, I think the Rams have as good a shot as anyone, right? Uh, I mean, the Vikings, I mean, Mo, you brought them up. I just, the Vikings to me, they're they're like this team that's just going to get to the, you know, the championship game every year in their conference and not really push through. I just, for whatever reason, I just don't feel like they have that, that whatever it is to put them over the top. I just feel like that's the Vikings team to me. So I'd stay away from them. Um, and then another team I don't mind is the Saints. I mean, Breeze looks fine. It's never been easier to play quarterback. He's definitely not getting pounded. The defense looks really good. 
Uh, Rich, kudos to you for hyping that team last year, earlier than a lot of people were, myself included. And then that two-headed monster at running back, uh, you know, I think is really awesome. And I can so I can get into some Saints action at twenty to one as well. The Rams, I want to love the Rams. I I love how aggressive they are. They've identified that their division is in shambles. The Seahawks are rebuilding, absolute fire sale. Michael Bennett gone. Seems like Richard Sherman could be gone. Trade talks say that Earl Thomas is on the block, although the Hawks say that they they won't trade him for less than you know a dollar for a dollar. They're not going to sell him on pennies on the dollar just to get Earl rid Thomas, of him. Earl Thomas, who went into the Cowboys' locker room <laughs> and told them to trade for him. <laughs> the Cardinals obviously are in disarray following Bruce Arians' retirement. It's always a wild card when a new coach comes in. Uh, I don't know much about the gentleman who came from Carolina, but their roster situation doesn't seem great. The Carson Palmer question mark looms large. And then, of course, you got the Niners who are super hyped right now, but that roster is abysmal. So the West is just there for the taking, and the Rams are loading up to try to put together a dominant campaign, and I I, I tend to like that strategy. I, I like being aggressive, realizing that these windows are really short. I, I don't know how realistic it is to try to be the Patriots and try to be really good for like 15 years. You have to have so much structure at the top of the organization with somebody like Kraft and Belichick, that type of relationship, in order to sustain that for such a long time. So I'm okay with trying to chase short windows of greatness as long as you don't blow your cap you know, totally out of the water which the Rams aren't doing because at the same time while they're bringing these players in, they got rid of Al Gogletree. They got rid of Robert Quinn. They, they, they cut some of the cap fat that was hurting them. So while they're being aggressive, they're also being cap conscious at the same time, which, which really is pretty tremendous. So I've, I've been super impressed with what the Rams are doing. The odds are just not there for me. I think the NFC is tough. I think we see the Packers bounce back with Rodgers. Obviously, love the Vikings, love the Eagles. So the NFC uh, is a minefield, whereas the AFC, I mean, all you got to do is beat one team. You know, I keep I keep saying this and nobody has yet to do it in uh, recent history. But all you got to do is beat one team and you get to the Super Bowl, essentially. Well, I really like the Rams, actually, too. That was going to be my next one. Could I roll us into our next segment then? Yeah, go for it what what move we would want to see uh was one of them and host mo here give it to us and uh well actually i was waiting i was saving the rams but donnie brought it up and i i do i like the rams a lot too because of everything you guys said but um so i'm not really going to go over that but the one thing i would really like to see this team do is is add an edge rusher i think if your best um pass rusher is a dt it definitely limits you a little bit and um it, it just their pass rush really looked lacking in that Falcons game, man. They, I don't know, they just couldn't really slow them down for most of the game. I mean, I looked at the final numbers and they're not that bad, so I don't know. But as far as eye test goes, when I was watching that game, I was just seeing a team that was pretty much getting pushed around up front, and uh, which I was shocking. I mean, that whole game was shocking. Uh, we lost, we lost uh, pizzas, we lost money to our buddy Jan. He's he loves the Falcons, whatever. But I I do think you know this team needs an outside pass rusher. So I think if they could add one via you know trade, free agency, draft, whatever, that would just be the one thing this team is missing. Like you said, Rich, they're loading up, um, adding these pieces in the secondary. So uh, that's just kind of to me the last piece of the puzzle on this team and. Uh, yeah, I think there could definitely be value 20 to 1. Uh, you saw what an aggressive coach can do this past year. Give us the lowdown on Marcus Peters from a Chiefs fan, because I've always thought that he gambles a little bit too much uh, for my liking. I've always uh, compared him to D'Angelo Hall, who, if you just scan over his numbers, ton of interceptions, ton of big plays, but in doing so, you leave yourself wide open to allow big plays on the other end, what what did you do like or not like about Marcus Peters while he was in Kansas City, Mo? I loved Peters. You guys know how I feel about this style of defense. I 
I've been saying everyone should gamble more because nobody's allowed to play defense anymore. So just just go for big plays because those are the only plays that like can can swing games is basically sacks and turnovers is like the only way to stop a good offense now because you just can't even breathe on receivers. So it's just this league is just becoming a joke. So yeah, I'm all for as much gambling as possible because those high variance plays are by far the biggest value and the best way to do something against, uh, especially when you're facing off against like a top five offense or whatever. Minotti, give us a move you want to see. Well, I I want to see the 49ers land all of the weapons for Jimmy G and Kyle Shanahan. This offense could be really exciting. I love Shanahan. I He is the best play caller in the NFL, and his offense is fun. I think Allen Robinson's a great fit there. I want to see them stick it out with Carlos Hyde. Hyde doesn't grade all that well, but I, I don't know. I still think he's a really good solid running back. He can help you in a, in a multitude of ways. I keep seeing Deion Lewis to the Niners. I don't, I just don't understand that. I want to see Carlos Hyde stick it out with that team. And yeah, I, I would like to see them. Uh, I, I, the price on them is horrible and there's going to be people betting on them, but I want to see them do well. So I want to see a, a top five unit offensively in San Francisco. And I think Allen Robinson could help. And I also have in dynasty. So Let's go. Yeah, that this is my favorite time of the year for Dynasty, <laughs> where there's nothing going on from our perspective. Like as Dynasty owners, we can't really do anything. At least in the, the leagues I play in, there's the off season's kind of dry. But your team can be affected so much by all of these moves that are happening around the NFL. It's it's totally out of your control. I have one Dino team where uh, I have uh, Eddie Lacy, rest in peace, uh, Eric Decker, like all these guys that last year were free agents and that were moving, and I was like, my entire team is changing right now, and I have nothing to do with it. When are you going to give up on Eddie Lacy? Oh, I mean, I think it's over, right? There's no coming back, right? Although, I mean, I will, I'm going to play, no, I'm gonna play one more flag. How, how bad are the Seahawks at running the ball? You know, like how bad was their O-line last year? When are you going to give up on Eddie Lacy? How bad is Rich at running back? Why do I like the fat it's running backs too, yeah. with good feet? Like, why is that a thing for me? Why do I like chunky running backs with really yeah, quick feet? Yeah, Jay Stu, Joik, Joik Bell. Bell. Goat Bell? Why do I like chunky running backs? Did you like Jerome Bettis? I was too young to, to be a Jerome Bettis fan. I think you need to go to the YouTube archives of Jerome Bettis. Bettis. So did I, but if, I mean, this, he feels like he's perfect for Rich. <laughs> he is. He really, he's like, he's like the epitome of these backs Rich likes. Man, that guy had great footwork for such a big guy. My, my only Jerome Bettis highlight that plays in my head is the fumble against uh, the Colts where Ben Roethlisberger made what is one of the greatest tackles in the history of football, uh, which led to a Steelers Super Bowl, that one-handed tackle was it uh who's the safety bob sanders bob sanders scoops the fumble instead of taking it outside he inexplicably cuts back inside to the center of the field and big ben just kind of reaches out with one of his giant bear claws and uh pulls him down that is my jerome bettis highlight of him fumbling at the two-yard line but moving on dp give us a move that you want to see this offseason in the nfl yeah, so uh, the other day I was reading this story from Mike Sando of ESPN. He wrote about a few trades that he'd like to see in the NFL, and one of them really got me excited. Uh, I mean, I think it's a long shot to happen, but he brought up the fact that New England would trade their first-round pick this year, which is the 31st overall for Jadavian Clowney in Houston. That would make me super excited to get Clowney on the Patriots. Uh, if that did happen, I mean, th- this article from from Sando, it seemed like it had a, a bit of uh, knowledge behind it instead of him just throwing shit out there and hoping it sticks against the wall. He did say that he talked to a bunch of executives and GMs. You know, Take that for what it's worth. It is a wild trade. Uh, a little bit more on the realistic front. Uh, Richard Sherman, Sherman sorry, uh, set to be released today. I would love to see New England pick him up. Uh, on a flyer, you know, if the price is right, uh, I think it will be just coming off that Achilles injury last year. Akib Talib is already off the market. Uh, we talked about he's on the Rams already. 
and the Patriots need someone to replace Malcolm Butler and you know play opposite Stephen Gilmore. So I would love to see Richard Sherman uh, both on the field and then also just the fact that he's an outgoing personality who isn't one to not speak his mind, and that sort of goes against the grain for what the Patriots are used to. And that's something that I just want to see from an entertainment standpoint. I've always been a fan of Richard Sherman, so I think that, that would be uh, really cool, really great to see him uh, over in Foxborough. That's why he'll never sign there, by the way. Yeah, I was going to say. The exact opposite. He's not going to sign there. Just for that reason. They, they won't let Richard Sherman be Richard Sherman. He's I not, don't know, man. I've seen crazier things happen. Donnie would be excited if the best player in the league comes to New England, <laughs> by the way. That's his segment. Give, give us all the, the great defensive players. That's what would get him bumped up. I mean, the Patriots are in win-now mode. They have to make some big splashes this offseason. I wouldn't, I wouldn't trade Clowney unless I was getting 18 first-round picks back. <laughs> we love Clowney on here. Yeah, I, I mean, I heard this, and I was like, I don't even know where that came from. But, hey, I'm in. You know what You know what move I want to see, guys? So that we can pick them every week again. Make sure that the, the Cleveland Browns are on the card every single week. I want cousins. I want Bradford to the Browns. Let's go. He might be dead. He yeah, may, they can't even keep these other keys. He, he may never walk again. But I think it's a good fit. Uh, it's funny. I don't want to see Teddy go there because I don't want Teddy to suffer a career ender. But you know, Bradford's needs are already shredded. Mo, you can speak to this having uh, noodles for knees already. Uh, I think we can sacrifice Sam Bradford there to see what can happen. Wouldn't that be fun? Who's going to end up there as quarterback? Are they just going to draft someone? It, it Why can't... are we giving up on Kaiser? Because <laughs> <laughs> he was never good to begin with. How, Come on, Brett. How packed Coming are those... out of Notre Dame. How packed are those Shitting Ki- on people in the preseason. I was trying to tell everybody he was the worst college QB. He cost me so many bets. Turnover machine. I mean, whatever. Roll the dice, I guess, if you're the Browns. But no chance this guy's ever going to be league average. So Brett- he had flashes last year, and he was handled horribly. They took him out mid-game, put him back in. Like, Well, wasn't that kind I- of on his own accord? He sucks, man. Come on. <laughs> like- Jesus. I-, I see a little Kaepernick in him, and I'm like, okay. Okay. <laughs> that's, Why, because he can run fast? Like, I don't understand. <laughs> Oh, that's true. I'm just amazed, Brett, of all people who watches unprofessed like me. I so don't far, know, Brett. Brett has brought the Redskins and the Bucks to Super Bowl futures, and now yeah. Kaiser as the fucking league MVP quarterback. We're you, off to a great you start. You quiet down over there, guy who hasn't picked a winner since <laughs> 1995. Brett, Brett picked a 20 to 1 Super Bowl future. Nailed it, too. So, he, Brett, if he you're. It's all the street cred here. Brett, if you're in the Cleveland draft room, you're not taking a quarterback? Oh, I'm taking a quarterback, but but for this season, I don't I don't see why you just. I guess it. I don't know. I hate taking a quarterback one, but there there isn't a whole lot out there other than quarterback in the top of the draft, is there? I mean, it's, it's yeah, that's the problem. There's no left tackles and no DNs. There's the greatest I, running back prospect ever, though. Yeah, that is that is very true. God, I, I can't take a running back one. No, Browns such, are going to end up with like Nick Foles. It's such a weird one. It, the Barkley thing is such a weird one for me because everything in my brain is saying no, never take a running back. They have a five-year shelf for life. What are you doing? Like just flashes of Larry Johnson and Trent Richardson, like these pops of greatness, and then fizzling into nothingness because that's what the position brings to you. It brings a slow, painful death towards the end. And the end for these guys is like, like I said, year five. But man, these composite scores from Barkley, this guy is unbelievable. Beyond what we saw last year. Like what we saw him do on the field. This guy's incredible. But he's a running back. Mo, where are you at on the Barkley thing? I thought his game tape, when I watched him last year, and I watched a lot of him because... Big Ten, Huskers, man, it's incredible. Like he really stands out in ways that running backs just so rarely can. So like going beyond combine, like who 
gives a fuck how many times a running back can bench something. Some of this shit is just incredible to me that people faff over. Well, yeah, but, the, the bench press is dumb, but holy shit, but, man, but, this guy's game tape is incredible. He he is one of the most incredible talents I've ever seen at running back. But I'm I'm with you guys. You just can't. I just don't see how he can make that big of an impact. Yeah, it take- I'm, I'm a big believer in edge rushers and left tackles in the top five. I mean, that is just to me, it's like I, I was been saying for the last couple of years, it's like practically a three player league now. Only things that matter is your QB, your left tackle and your D end. I mean, whoever wins that three player battle wins football. Because you're not allowed to cover to your point earlier about Marcus Peters. Yeah, you like, can't cover. Yeah. Yep, yep. All right, let's go rapid fire before we're going to pick some prizes here, finally, for the people that killed it in the raffle this year. But rapid fire, let's go. Who, when we look back on this, when we're old and crusty, I mean, some of us are old and crusty already. When we look back on this draft class, who is going to be the best quarterback taken? And I'm not saying quarterback uh, value, like how Brady was drafted in the whatever millionth round and he served value. I'm just saying baseline best dp you're first i have no fucking clue who the quarterbacks are in this i was about to say over under on how many minutes of tape donnie's seen of these guys i don't give a shit does donnie need to does donnie need to watch tape to give a take like donnie's donnie's a take master yeah, I mean, what what do I, Sam Darnold? He's gonna suck. I'll tell you flat out. There we guy. go. Here's the fire. I love Sam he, Darnold. I mean, just, listen, I watched maybe seven minutes of that guy play football. And I was like, this fucking guy blows. He threw two picks when I watched him. I was like, yeah, this guy has no fucking shot. He's just your standard overrated fucking guy from USC that's got the media cartel behind him. He's got all the hype because he's at USC, and he's gonna suck. He's gonna be fucking Andy Dalton part two. Here we can't go. wait for that guy. This to is happen. what I want. This is the DP I needed. All right, who else? Take yeah, them all I mean, out. It's going to be some guy that, like, you haven't heard of. Like, I mean, not that you haven't heard of him, but th- that is relatively not seen as much. Like, Josh Allen in Wyoming. I mean, who, no one fucking watches Wyoming football. Baker yeah. Mayfield seems like Johnny Manziel part two, just without the craziness. I just... Wow. Stop. Just no, stop. I said right, without, <laughs> without the craziness in terms of, like, how he plays. He's small. He kind of runs around. I just don't see him turning into Doug Flutie, so I don't think he's going to be good. Um... Lamar Jackson, definitely not going to be good unless he switches positions, but he doesn't want to switch positions, so he's going to suck. <laughs> That's a horrifying take. Keep going. Keep going. Uh, I mean, I'm trying to like scroll through this list that I found. I don't even know what names I'm looking for because I don't even know who these people are. What about Josh Rosen? He is the wokest quarterback. He is woke like Aaron Rodgers. Take him out. What do you mean woke like Aaron Rodgers? What does that mean? I mean, he's a well-rounded individual for being so young. He's had some woke takes. About- I haven't heard of Aaron Rodgers, a complete douchebag. Yeah, but who cares? No, I mean, he's Aaron Rodgers is a douche in the way that he is. What's the best way of wording this? So Rodgers is super smart, uh, at least from what I've seen and what I've heard from him. But what Rodgers is bad at is when he's in a room like he makes other people intimidated about his intelligence. Like he doesn't know how to play the, uh, uh, like the polite button. I guess you would say he doesn't know how to play those notes of, of being a social butterfly. He's kind of a recluse. It feels like all this family stuff that's come out on him. Uh, and he comes off as a bit of a douche, but I don't think he's a douche. That's my take. And Rosen has a lot of that in him as well. Like I'm going to go with this guy, Luke Falk. There we go. Washington State. This he, guy. Maybe he can link up with uh, the who's the tight end on the Patriots. Um, fuck the backup. Yeah, Hollister. 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 Go to Hollister. That's a stack I want to make one time in my life. Folk to Hollister. All right, from DP's. That's the guy. From DP's massive takes with no background information or anything, we'll go. Let's go to the polar opposite. Bert Minotti. <laughs> Bert Minotti, always steady, always well thought out. Who do you like as the best quarterback to come out of this class? I think Baker Mayfield is the safest. I think Rosen has the highest ceiling. Wow, that's the thing I've so from 
again, I'm not an unprofessional watcher, but I I personally really like Rosen. But a lot of things that I've heard people say is that Rosen is the most ready quarterback out of this group, but his ceiling is limited. Uh, for whatever reasons, I don't know. But he seems very. Yeah, I don't know about that. I, th- I think Rosen. He. I think Mayfield's the most ready now. Rosen's not too far behind. Really? I just think like, Rosen is that. Yeah, that guy's arm is incredible. How is Mayfield? I don't know. I. I. I want to. I, I have days where I want to believe in Mayfield, and then days where I don't. Like, I don't know. Joke of a conference. Great offensive line. Yeah. Great team. He had clean pockets every week. Yeah. 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 But from at, so if he from if an, he lands with the Browns, oh, that's what the guy's I mean. career might be doomed from the start. Yeah, I don't know. I obviously love the athleticism. I think athleticism. There, so many of these teams are in shotgun and they're running not pure read option, but just there's opportunities for the quarterback to leave the pocket and pick up some extra yards, or at least move the pocket and get guys open. And I think from what I've seen of Baker, it's something that he might be able to achieve. Um, I, I honestly, if Speaking from the Jets' perspective, I would love to gamble on either Baker or Lamar, uh, just because I don't think Rosen's going to fall to us. Uh, Rosen is my favorite guy uh, too. I, I I think this guy can be awesome in the league, but I I wouldn't mind gambling on Baker Mayfield or Lamar Jackson. Mo, wrap it up. Who's going to be the best quarterback from this class? Well, it's our. Our official guy is just gonna have to be Josh Rosen. He's gonna he's got the gridiron gamble seal of approval because that's my pick also. He's the he's the one I would want. Um, but to be honest, I'm not convinced by anybody. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if none of these guys ended up being above average. I, they all have like major question marks for me. Uh, Rosen to me has the least question marks, so I would go with Rosen. Um, not not really a fan of Darnold. Not a fan of Allen or Jackson at all. Um, so I guess I could see gambling on Mayfield, but yeah, it's weird because you it's just been such a hyped QB class and so many people are so into these guys, but it's just hard for me to buy in to any of these guys. Um the the, the interesting thing is gonna be how more and more of these NFL offenses are looking more and more like college offenses. So a guy like Baker Mayfield could be so much more ready to succeed and so much more able to succeed than they were even five years ago. And and I'm so conditioned at this point to just not believe in any of these like all shotgun air raid type college offense QBs. I'm, but uh, that, that's, that's clearly could be changing. So that'll be really interesting to see as all of these guys develop. I mean, even a dope like Bill O'Brien realized what Deshaun Watson's Watson's strengths were, right? And kind of curtailed the offense in that direction, as opposed to in the past where we put them in these starched pro-style bullshit offenses and not take advantage of of their skill set. That's the biggest mistake coaches make, especially in football, is having a strategy and then trying to fit players into their strategy, as opposed to looking at the roster and saying, oh, what are the strengths of these players? Uh where do they succeed the most and then putting them in those positions to succeed. It seems like such an obvious thing, but these coaches are so stubborn and they feel like what they do works and they just want to stick these square pegs into round holes, which is annoying. Let's pick some winners. You guys have been waiting. You guys were sending picks all season. We love you guys to at gridiron gamble on Twitter and gridiron gamble podcast at gmail.com. DP, I don't want to put you, on the spot, do you have uh, do you have some of our highest ticket winners, so we, that we can tilt them when they don't get picked? But at least we can recognize them for winning the most games. Do you do you have a list like five people that you can tell us that had a bunch of tickets? Yeah. So Brian Bland, far and away the most tickets, thirty one. Jesus, that's more wins than you had last season. Went on an absolute tear in the playoffs. He. So in in the playoffs, because we did like you know those two game slates where you got to win a bonus ticket here or there, all that sort of crap. I mean, he won both games divisional Saturday and divisional Sunday, both games on championship weekend, and both of the picks in the Super Bowl. Jesus, the parlay king. I mean, he picked it like ninety percent. I feel like congratulations on your new rocket car. 
Yeah, exactly. Fuck crypto. Moon Lambo on fucking parlaying NFL playoff games. Yeah. Uh, Tim Reside, 23. That he was second. So that's the gap is eight between Jesus. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and Tim was on a massive heater. Uh, he just kind of. Rudy's an Eagles fan. So Rudy just kept piling Philly, I'm assuming. Uh, yeah, he had Eagles in the Super Bowl. He had Eagles before that. Uh, he had Eagles in Divisional Saturday. That is correct. He had Eagles a lot. Yeah, he had Eagles Week 17, Eagles Week 16, Eagles Week 15. Eagles Week. Yeah, yeah, Eagles everywhere. Good to be Homer. Eagles, Eagles, Eagles. Uh, Kevin Taylor, 20 tickets. Uh, I believe he was third. Um, and then there's a couple guys around the... 15 or 16 area we had uh chris Gotti uh at catino heat on twitter he had 16 uh julian yasin had 18 justin denham had 17 laird domin uh 15 goat, so yeah the goat laird domin utah jazz fan laird domin uh, yeah i've never seen someone be as big a utah jazz fan as that guy it's... this guy is incredible is anyone as big of a fan of any team as he is <laughs> i don't think I mean, so. he tweets stuff and i'm it makes me like get engaged like i try and find streams and turn the game on because laird is so into it but i'm like what the hell is this guy watching like he knows everything about this team i need to know what he thinks about those what i think and what mo has posted several times are those fire sunset jerseys those are terrible, bro. They're those, awesome. Those are all the emoji flames. Like everyone, I keep it's the Phoenix Suns out there. I get confused. <laughs> those are fire, Brett. My friend thought I was kidding when I said I love those. Yeah. No, I love those. Yeah, Brett, man, how get off my lawn are you? I'm so crusty with the NBA <laughs> right now. Everything <laughs> about the NBA I hate right now. All right, how do we want to do this? We want to start with the consolation prizes, DP. Uh, yeah, you can, you can start with whatever the hell you want. But, uh, it's kind of weird though, cause we, I, um. No, let's, we gotta do the consolation prizes Thursday, cause they're first, sorry, cause those are the two crappy prizes. Not that they're crappy, but they're crappier than the other prizes. But do you have it set up in such a way that, um, if we do these first, are we giving the people with more chances kind of the shit end of the stick if they get these first? Or am I just going, am I just talking out of turn here? You know what I'm saying? Like you don't start the NBA lottery by picking the fourteenth team because the, I hear you. I hear you. So so talk for a second. Give I'm me talking. Give me a minute and I'll 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 do the random drawings and then I'll I'll just read the winners. Just in like the NBA order. lottery, yeah. So we'll predetermine it. We're going into a back room in Secaucus, New Jersey, where a lot of shady shit happens. Tons of shady shit. If you guys are listening live right now, which you're not, and you want to send me money on PayPal, go right That's ahead right. and I'll hook you up. I was going to say your email, but I held back. There's some shady brown packages being handed off. No comments being made. Strange Italian characters in DP's extended family. Have I filibustered enough? Do we have a list? The um. Yeah, get in here, Mo. Somebody save me. I'm drowning. The, what's the gridiron gamble equivalent of... uh? Derek Rose to Chicago and uh, LeBron James to Cleveland. Yeah. <laughs> Do we have any Browns fans who can, who can, <clears throat> excuse me, who can get on this? Uh, what, what's the jersey again? Which team is it for? So we got four jerseys. That's what I could have done instead of filibustering with nonsense. We have an Eli jersey, a Blake Bortles jersey, a Carson Palmer jersey, and an Andy Dalton jersey. I feel like this Carson Palmer jersey is going to have some fucking value now. Does the guy retire? How do we not have a Browns jersey on here? I guess there's because we gave away a Browns jersey last year. Also, oh, I that's what I was thinking it, of. Sorry. And I did. I honestly, I had no fucking clue who the guy, who the quarterback was. Well, that's what I was gonna say. In classic Browns fashion, there's no idea who do we give away a quarterback? Kaiser. <laughs> do we have a list, TV? Uh, one second. Oh my god, what are you running with? Like the largest XL? I got to do them individually. So yeah. All right, we're good. All right, we're good. All right, so consolation prize number two, an extra large winner winner chicken dinner. Is this a shirt from Fishy Five? I forgot to put that word in there. Yeah, that word's missing. I'm I'm Ron Burgundy. I read exactly what the prompter has in front of me. Uh, extra large T-shirt from Winner Winner Chicken Dinner. Our good friends at FishyFive.com. The winner is Kevin Taylor. Kevin. Yeah. 
Tyler. Congratulations. I'll, we'll contact everyone on Twitter, however, and figure this out afterwards. But yeah, Kevin Taylor wins wins the shirt. All right, consolation prize number two: a large Westgate Las Vegas Super Contest T-shirt. Our good friends at the Westgate. That goes to Greg Thomas, aka at G Money G H E E Money. Congratulations, G Money. All right. For the four grand prizes, we're going to start with the Andy Dalton black Cincinnati Bengals jersey, a copy of The Smart Money, how the world's best sports bettors beat the bookies out of millions by Michael Koenig, and of course, a Gridiron Gamble t-shirt, and that is going to... Abe Froman, at the famous Nick H., on Twitter. Congratulations, Abe. All right, grand prize pack number three. It's the Carson Palmer jersey and a copy of this is a classic. The odds. One season, three gamblers, and the death of their Las Vegas by Chad Millman, the man of the action network, the man who is formerly the lead over at ESPN.com. And of course, a gridiron gamble t-shirt. And the winner is Brian Bland. With 31 tickets, the highest ticket winner. Now, just quickly, Rich, so I did these six individual drawings, right? And the first two weren't Brian Bland. And I was like, oh, man, is this really going to happen? Is the guy who's so far ahead going to go through the whole thing? And then he won the third one. So, thankfully, I don't have to deal with that blowback. Yeah, that would have been brutal. Especially after we wax poetic about him winning every game in the playoffs. All right, prize pack number two. This is my favorite. This is a black Blake Bortles jersey. Bortle service and a copy of Roll the Bones, The History of Gambling by David G. Schwartz. And of course, the GG shirt, Gridiron Gamble. That is going to Aaron Gerlitz, AK Gerlitz on Twitter. Congratulations, Aaron. All right, last one. Everybody waiting out there with bated breath. It is the Eli Manning Blue Giants jersey. God, that guy's awful. And a copy of, from our good friend Pat Haggerty, Good Teams Win, Great Teams Cover, An Underdog's Tale of Life Gambling and Sharp Sports Betting. Of course, there will be a Gridiron Gamble t-shirt with it. The final grand prize pack from the 2018 NFL season goes to... Chris Gotti, at Gatino Heat on Twitter. Congratulations. Thanks, y'all. If you guys didn't get a prize, you're still in our hearts. Your engagement throughout the season, your picks have really been awesome. It's amazing to to pull up the Gridiron Gamble feed and see how much you guys enjoy what we do, uh, how much you guys... Uh, <laughs> my favorite is when it's like 12.50 p.m. or uh, yeah, p.m. East Coast time and people are frantically getting... Their picks in on Sunday. Uh, that's my favorite. It's awesome how much you guys care about this. And uh, we're just trying to give back a little bit. And if I'm ever in your city, I'll buy you a slice of pizza and a beer. Yep. And he's just 30 minutes away. IPA's on us. Yeah, Moses, a 30-minute drive from all y'all. Every single one of you. And that's the pod. I don't know what we're going to do next. I don't know much about college basketball, so I can't really offer any info there. Mo, would Bro, you? We have the second leg of the Champions League. We have that, of course. That doesn't happen until round, like sorry. that doesn't happen until like November, right? <laughs> <laughs> it is like a, a two weeks or a month <laughs> away or something. But yeah, uh, if you guys listen to that, we actually did fairly well. Uh, DP, we were both half right. Uh, DP got the first leg tie with Spurs against Juve, but then Jan and I were both correct about Juve advancing to the quarters, which is great. Uh, we all loved Real Madrid uh, at the Bernabeu against Paris. Domin- Champions League goats. Dominated that game 3-1. Then, of course, got the away leg victory against Paris Saint-Germain. The 1-0 win to advance to the quarters. And both Jan and Donny liked Real Madrid as futures. I think they were also like the Eagles. Weren't they like 20-1 uh, to 1 as well because of their first-round match against Paris? So some good value from the boys there. So, yeah, we'll... We'll look at the uh, the quarterfinals 
uh, in the coming weeks. But uh, Mo, would you be able to like talk about college basketball for like thirty minutes? At, for Me episode? with unprofessed baskets is probably not too different than Donnie with uh, unprofessed <laughs> football. Okay. So we're SOL. We don't want to give you guys bad advice. We're not just going to get on here and talk about shit we don't know. We could do a high school basketball pod. I'm all over the <laughs> yeah. All Brett does is put Zion Williamson <laughs> clips in the Skype chat. That's all we get is high school <laughs> basketball from Brett. I spent days watching Ball is Life highlights this year. No NBA, no college basketball, just high school hoops. That can't be healthy. Uh, yeah, we're definitely going to do some sort of draft podcast. I, I may or may not have a special guest cooking up, so we'll we'll keep you guys tuned in on that. But for, I need I need to let Brett know when the uh, NBA draft futures there we go. markets open up. There we go. Brett's all about that. But for the crew, for DP, follow everybody on Twitter at Donnie underscore Peters at Brett Colson C O double L S O N and at Mo Nuara N U double W A R A H. Until next time. Hope you guys have a great day, great weekend. We'll see you later. Peace. Out.